Well, hey everybody, and welcome back to Practice Makes Faithful. Today, we are in season three, episode five, and uh, I'm Ben Patterson with here, uh, as always, with Paul yeah. Hugobart, and we I'm are here. excited to be joined by Rob Shaver. I'm back. back. Yes. Long awaited. True, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, we weren't doing podcast stuff in July when the last time Rob preached, and so it's actually right. been a full year, yeah. I think, since you have been mm-hmm. here as a, as a guest, a featured guest on the podcast. So welcome back, Rob. Thanks. To did, season three. Did you guys miss me? Uh, <laughs> immensely. We have, the, and the, yeah. the listeners have just been requesting. Oh, yeah. Like, well, that's yeah, been yeah. a thing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's been gone me way down submitting yeah. those <laughs> <laughs> from multiple fake email right, accounts. Right. Rob's bot, <laughs> bring back Rob. For <laughs> that, Rob Shaver guy. And there you go. <laughs> well, we are we're excited to please our audience by bringing you back. There you go. Yeah. Bots or not, that's right. <laughs> And we are, we're here in another textual series, right? We were first Corinthians mm-hmm. last time mm-hmm. we were with you, and this time we are in Ephesians in a series called More Power. Mm. So, yeah, you want to tell us, give us a little bit of a uh, little bit of background around that, like why this series, why the title More Power, why the book of Ephesians. Help us uh, understand that. Okay. Uh, there, thankfully, yeah. Uh, a good amount of lead time before I have to preach, which is really nice. Uh, but that that means a good, uh, fair amount of prayer time mm-hmm. leading up to it, and just really asking God, you know, what, what, what do you want me to preach? <laughs> and uh, so that's that's an interesting process, you know, because as much as we can hear from God, you know, I, I try to decipher that, and I just so I felt like there's this uh, leaning towards Ephesians and. Which is always kind of confirmation because there were, there were a couple of letters that I was drawn to that I thought, oh, I'd hmm. preach for that, preach that. And so Ephesians was not on that radar. Hmm. Then as I, so th- that's another neat part then, like I could start reading through Ephesians like back in November and just just read it and like get familiar with it and then read it again and read it again and just let, mm-hmm. let it soak, soak in. And actually yeah. the first thing that really jumped out about Ephesians was maybe kind of some of the things that we very typically individualize. And, but I thought the you that's being used was more of a plural you. Mm-hmm. And, and just kind of, so that was gonna, I was thinking like, and even just a couple weeks ago, somebody said, well, what, what's the sermon series gonna be called? And I said, this is us. Mm-hmm. And so I was mm-hmm. looking yeah. at this angle of like, there's so much of that time we read the Bible and we say, oh, this is talking about me, or how can I do this? How can I? But so much of Ephesians is written to a group of people, and mm-hmm. so the yeah. you you are this or you are that is kind of you as a group are this or mm-hmm. that. You know, like so maybe like maybe this is not correct. I think this is correct, but <laughs> so something like where it says like you are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to mm-hmm. do good works that God has set in yeah. advance for you to do. What is that you? Ben Patterson, is that you, Paul Hugobart, or is that you, the church, have been created mm-hmm. to be God's handiwork? To, to, and, and as a church, these good works have been set in advance for you to do. Uh, so I was going to just kind of relook at the Bible, like uh, Ephesians in that lens. Uh, and then just more recently, that got flipped upside down <laughs> <laughs> by the good Lord. And, I, you know, so just really then uh, seeing 
getting fixated on a couple other themes that I was getting really excited about and lessons and and really the final piece was looking at these two prayers that we'll talk about in a minute um, in chapter one and in chapter three uh, and just this this theme in these prayers that Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus that they would uh, have this power uh, from God and or at least understand the power that they already have mm-hmm. is from God and how immense that power the same power that's at work in God raising Jesus from the dead is at work in the church uh, so then that's that's the long squiggly line from A to B mm-hmm. all the way back to more power that's really good yeah that's good um, you know especially as it relates to this week's message um, you know, you talked on Sunday morning about you know this being a nearly two thousand year old letter. You know, the Apostle Paul had written these things, written these things roughly two thousand years ago. And I think there's often, as you talked about it, a disconnect, or mm-hmm. we find the things that were written two thousand years ago hard to understand. So, um, why why does what he wrote to these Ephesian Christians two thousand years ago matter to us today? So you talked a little bit about kind of the focus of the series, but as it relates to this particular message, maybe you could give a little. Uh, snapshot about the message and then help us understand why that matters in the now. Yeah, I I think that's one of the reasons why it's hard is because, and I don't know when it was, I started to maybe uh, hear more of this when I was like high school, college, this desire for people to have a lesson that was relevant, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that, obviously we always want to be preaching preaching and teaching things that are, are relevant to people's lives. Mm-hmm. But that almost became the most important thing. And then I think that's how we then started teaching people to read the Bible is to find out what does this mean to you? How do you, yeah. how do you can apply yeah. this to your life? Um, so just kind of approaching scripture from that way, really, and it's you know, basic hermeneutics, I guess, is to first ask, well, what what did why was Paul like in this case why was Paul writing this letter to the Ephesians mm-hmm. you know and, and what was going on in their lives and what was going on in this church and what was happening there and so that's where I think then once you get that then a later on question can be like or if that's true then ha- then what are the ramifications right. for yeah. us and and so it started to get this picture painted of the church in Ephesus is that they were really a pretty good church you know and there there's a snapshot of uh, the, in the book of Acts, where Paul is, he's yeah. having to go off to Rome to be imprisoned, and and there's all these tears shed. He says, "This Chapter is the 20. last time you're going to see yeah. my face," and they're, they're uh-huh. you know, they're, they're weeping together and praying yeah. together. And he gives them some warnings, you know, there. Uh, but you can just kind of see mm. this this real love between uh, the apostle and the elders of that church, and then you can see later on in Revelation uh, where Jesus speaks to the church. And uh, the commendation is, you know, obviously we, we think a lot of times of the rebukes that the church has right. received. Yeah. And so that is a tough one. You know, you've lost your first, your first love. love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so we know that it's not always perfect for them. But then just even looking at the rebuke, go back and do the things you did at first. Yeah. And so then, we, so then you look at Ephesians and, and what we have as a written letter is this is probably written at a time where they were doing those things. Right. <laughs> so, so, okay, so that, that kind of paints a good picture. And then, and then another scripture that, just one instance that I shared on Sunday was from chapter four, 
uh, where he says, make every effort to keep the unity of peace that you have in the yeah. bond of you. And, and that struck me too, because in some of the other letters that we see, there is, it's like a, um, you guys don't have peace. You guys don't have unity. Like, but, and here's all the reasons why you need to be united. Right. Uh, yes. Where then in context, then the Ephesians chapter four, you know, there's one body, one Lord, one baptism, all those things. It seems like it's less of a get on board with this and right. more of a, you guys know this and don't let this go. So keep going. Like, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so then looking at that, and I think that becomes highly relatable to the today's church, you know, especially Grace Chapel. I, I think Grace Chapel's a good church. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and and from, and, and I, I, I still can kind of have an outsider's perspective. I've, you know, we've been here for eight, uh, 18 months. And uh, so there's enough of that where you can kind of see like, is there a glaring need? Is there an obvious thing? Right. And I mean, I could be blind to some things too. I, you know, I'm a romantic, so uh, there's that. <laughs> but for the most part, it's like, no, this is a, this is a good church, you know, solid leadership, uh, genuine people. And so I think there's a lot where we can connect with yeah, the church good. in Ephesians. And so even though they were a good church who is doing good things, mm -hmm there's still room, Paul still writes them this letter. Right? And so there's still yeah. some things that either need to be reminded of or encouraged to do, or maybe you know instructions. Uh, and interestingly, kind of in an isolated way, right, are these two prayers that are longer than what we typically see in these letters. Mm -hmm. uh, so, that's so, that, 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 so that's the bridge, I think, is yeah. like where it's like, okay, yeah, maybe we are a lot like them. So, okay, let's like perk our ears up and really pay attention to this. So what are the things that they needed? Maybe we need those same things. Yeah, I, I think that's a really fair point in that, uh, you know, and I, I hadn't thought about that myself, you know, in, in the sense of this being just this really solid church in many ways. You know, it is, it is a more positive letter where, where Paul paints this picture of maybe uh, good theology in a lot of mm -hmm. the Ephesian letter. He's mm -hmm. not... He's not attacking practice or going after practice or mm -hmm. lack of good practice. He's coming back to this case for this really uh, robust theology and understanding a robust understanding about uh, of the theology behind the church, even. Um, and it, you know, neat letter in that you know we expect or we we believe that Paul spent more than two letters with these folks. So yes, like or two two years with these folks, like you said, very close to them, close to the elders in Ephesus and other stuff like that, and. You know, so I think especially for those of us connected in ministry who have a heart for the church and churches specifically, um, you know, I think even for us, there's, I mean, for me, there's the ability to look into the Ephesian letter and see at some points my heart for the church, mm -hmm. but then at some points be challenged so much further by Paul's heart for the church, which goes way beyond my, um, I think what I uh, have leaned into, you know, we can talk about that more later, but sometimes our desires for the church are, are not nearly deep enough, big enough, mm -hmm. you know, spiritual enough, whatever you want to put on that. So, yeah. so yeah, I think there's, there's so much in this letter, even as you're preaching this message, um, was finding myself starting to pull out those parallels as you were talking about, you know, he's a good church 
we're a good church, but you know, as the series title suggests, there's more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to not lose that hunger for more because, oh, well, we're, we're a pretty good church right. or we're pretty good people, but to always be hungering for more. So I'm, I'm grateful for that and looking forward to, to where we'll be going these next several episodes. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So you talked about, you already kind of alluded to these two prayers mm-hmm. um, in the book of Ephesians that we're going to talk about here in just a minute. Maybe, Paul, if you could have those ready and read those yeah, to I us in just that. a second here. But I'd love to talk about these two prayers, one from Ephesians 1, 15 through 23, the other one, 3, 14 through 21. So let's talk about those, talk about why those are so significant to us and um, why they're so different from the way that most of us pray um, so do you have any, like, why, why'd you focus in on those prayers? Well, you know, that, that actually goes back, um, quite a ways for me. Uh, there, I think it's D.A. Carson is a, like a Bible scholar and mm-hmm. author. And I believe it's him that he, he's got a book that's not like really popular, but it's all about like the prayers of Paul. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and so he kind of goes through all of the the letters, uh, the mm-hmm. Pauline epistles, and, and kind of, you know, what can we learn from the way that... So that, I had kind of glossed okay. through that before, and it's always kind of been uh, something that's intrigued me. And so I think that, that kind of as a as a backdrop in yeah. my life yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, has brought that. But then, you know, just kind of looking through things and reading the text several times, you, I think they do just, they, they jump out a little yeah. bit you yeah. know, as being unique. Because especially when you start to compare it to other of the letters where you get that opening introduction mm-hmm. and you know and I you know I think about you all the time or like whenever I think about you I pray for you or right. I'm so thankful for you and I'm and I'm praying for this like there's always like some part of his introductory uh, pieces there where prayer is expressed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but rarely, is it actually like this is what I'm praying, or yeah. this, you know, or even I think this, this the first one has more of that feel. Where the second one in chapter three uh, even ends with like, "Amen," right? Yeah. You know, like it's it's like yes. really it feels like he's just writing out this prayer. And so I don't know if that is, hmm. you know, gives uh, that speaks more to the relationship mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that he did have with them, and that there is just more of a. Uh, love and more of a bond, or if it speaks more to the condition of the church, where uh, he feels uh, less of a need to rebuke, and and then just is overcome mm. with this. And uh, for, well, you know, and because this That's is going good. on, like I just want to pray for you and pray these things. Well, let's go ahead and read those, Paul. If sure. you got that, and yep. then we can dive specifically into kind of some of the content of that. Yeah. So the prayer from uh, Ephesians one fifteen through twenty three says this. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, 
power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And then from Ephesians three, fourteen through 21. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner, inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. So what, what makes us so significant and different from how many of us pray? Um, well, a thing that strikes me is not necessarily how it might be different than what we pray, but for me, like how I would respond. Like, so if I mm. was introduced to a group of people and it's like, all right, here's, a, here's what I really want. God's like, here's what I want for these people. I want them to grow in a knowledge and a wisdom, you know, of who God is and of, of God's mm. love. I want them to understand hope, like to have a deeper understanding and grasp of the hope that they have and the mm-hmm. riches that they have. I mean, I every I'm going to try to figure out. All right, well, what? How can we study the Bible to teach those things? Mm-hmm. Like that is yeah. like, like yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's like a like a Church of Christ upbringing because we have been we're a you know a group that is traditionally been so. Bible focused, mm-hmm. you know, and the, I, I don't down that at all. Like I love that yeah. how I was raised and raised in the church in those ways as just really loving Scripture, really having a high view of Scripture. Mm-hmm. But that that then is my default. Is somebody lacking in some spiritual way? Right. All right. Well, what can we teach mm-hmm. them from mm-hmm. the Bible? Yes. And and so the, I mean, obviously, that is a lot of the writing that Paul has is reminding people and instructing people. But these things are just so big, and so it's just so interesting. It's like that it's not coupled with an instruction. It's just, yeah. And, and I wonder if I even if if we hmm. really believe that, like, um, Ben, you need more faith. All I'm going to do is just pray that God will give you more faith. You know, like, yeah. Paul, you need to understand more. <laughs> what it really means to be loved by God. And I'm just going to pray that God will do that and that tomorrow or next week or next month, you guys are going to be different. You're going to be changed. You're going to have those yeah. things because God is just going to give them to you. Like that, that, yeah. is, that is not how I would... That, that is what I feel like is the biggest difference, yeah. right? It's like, so that's why... I, I might not, because I don't think that way and I don't really believe mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I believe it, but I don't really, you know, like, then I'm probably not going to pray those things even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as you tease that out, what, what is striking to me about that is that 
those things never show up on the prayer request list, right? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you go around, so what, what do we need to pray for? And it's oh, pray for this person's healing, pray for this, for that. And not to say those things are bad things to pray about, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. those items are never showing up. Maybe the closest is this person's not a Christian, help them to become a Christian right. kind of a thing. But those, those, those items aren't typically on the prayer request list I hear. Yeah. Which I find interesting. <laughs> It is, in our, it is in our desire, yeah. you know, for, for ourselves sometimes, uh, you know, I, you hear people pray that, kind of mimic that prayer of the, the father of the boy who's got the evil spirits in him and, and he says, yes. you know, I have faith, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. increase my faith, you know, yeah. I believe, but, you know, yeah. help me believe more kind of thing. Um, and, and so we, we pray that sometimes, but yeah, for the most part, it's not... It's not something that we submit to one another, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's definitely right. And I think um, you know, too, when when you think about, and of course, your the theme being more power that that Paul is praying over and over again that they might have more power. Of course, he's saying here's the source of the power. The power is God at work within you, the Holy Spirit work within you, mm-hmm. and that He then identifies that as the thing will me- that will move us to fullness or maturity or whatever else. So again, what is not lacking is our better understanding. It's the depth of our faith in the fact that God is at work and he's the one who, one, made the difference. I, you know, as, as, as we're talking even now and, and jogged the, my thought from yesterday, you know, it's so interesting that we, especially evangelicals, we trust God for our salvation. In fact, you know, that's even very much what, you know, what, what he says, that, you know, um, that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, right? So, so Christ in our heart, dwelling in our heart. We often think about Christ dwelling in our heart through faith equals salvation. But in this context, Paul doesn't seem to tie Christ dwelling in our heart through faith to salvation. It's much more to this process of this growing sanctification and maturity. Mm-hmm. And so... We're trusting God to save us, but then we believe that the sanctifying part is up to us. Mm, and, yeah. and I think it is. I mean, I think there's a co-working in that mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, you know, for Paul to say, I think it's Paul that says, and I'm slipping my mind where he says this, but, you know, the call to put to death the deeds of the body by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, so it's, it's yes, the Holy Spirit is this agency that gives us the power to overcome sin. We're still, in ha- we're still having to make an effort toward that and moving toward that on our own or to, not on our own, of ourselves. Mm-hmm. But in this context, it does raise the question of why we trust God for the salvation piece, but then not the sanctification and then not as well the building out of this robust body that is then the church, which he's very clearly speaking to in, you know, 122 through 23, you know, the church, which is his body, the fullness of ever, of him who fills everything in every way. So as well to, to, to trust and, and beg the power of God to come and make the church what the church ought to be as well. Mm-hmm. So there's this kind of, there's this exposing of, one good a good thing that we trust god for what we can't do for ourselves which is god i'm a wretch save me who's going to save me only god can save me Mm -hmm. but then everything else that god should do which is at least as much a miracle we tend to start to 
accept more responsibility for than maybe we ought to. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, uh, there's tension as a, as a father, you know, I, I struggle with that. I think this speaks to a lot of what you're saying is like, I want to equip my kids to be able to do Mm -hmm. things on their own. Yeah. But then when they don't need me, there's some sadness there, you know, and, and, and yet, um, and yet when they, when they, you know, like, so there's that balance there, you know, so there's times that it's actually, I know that what they're doing, they are doing because I empowered them, right? Like I taught them how to do that or I showed them the way um, versus the thing that maybe they just can't do on their own. And, and then just kind of that, that mix mm-hmm. of like, obviously I'm not God and they're not, you know, my creation or anything like that. But, but you get what I'm saying is like, yeah, where, where is that? we can as the children we can kind of live into that and understanding like there's some things that god does want us to do on our own like he has equipped us and empowered us to go and do that and then there's other things but but the whole time that we're doing it on our own i just did air quotes um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) for the listeners and that we are still we can still be doing that in his name and by and through his power you know um, where there's sure. some things that have more of a feel of like, I there's this is impossible for me mm-hmm. to do on any mm-hmm. level. It can only happen through God, kind of moving here, um, and and so there, I, I think it's good to wrestle with that tension. Yeah. Um, but certainly, we want to be people that rely more on the relying on the Holy Spirit, relying on yes, God. yeah, yeah, not re- and not relying on our own wit and wisdom and strength. Yes. Yes. Yeah, which kind of, I think, leads well to this, this next piece. I mean, you talked on Sunday morning about um, four problems that the Apostle Paul kind of addresses in Ephesians that were problems for them to some degree, if we read in between the lines. And mm-hmm. then, as we've seen, what they were dealing with is probably a lot of what we're dealing with. So their problems are our problems as well. And so two of those kind of are external, or two of those are external, two of those are internal. Um, or, or, or you could say more corporate and more individual. Um, and, and in some sense, it's two problems with two different ways of applying. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. applied at the individual level, applied at the corporate level. So could you, could you walk us through those? Maybe we can kind of flesh that out some and why that really then starts to speak to our situation. Yeah. And, and the, the important with this too, like you, know, you, you said about reading between the lines, is that that was kind of the question that I asked of the text was, all right, if this is the prayer, is this just uh, like, okay, you guys are sad, but I'm just going to pray above and beyond like this. this right. Or or is there, is it possible? So that was my question. Like, well, what if these prayers were very intentional and specific and that they are addressing needs that the Ephesian mm-hmm. church has? And if that is the case, if, if the Apostle Paul is not spelling the needs out specifically, what might these things be addressing? All right, so that's kind of where these four things come from. And, and then tr- trying to then take that and translate it to our lives. So the external things being uh, like a, a, a wrong pursuit or a wrong focus. Mm-hmm. And, and that, in a large way, is the world, right? Like the world we live in that we can so easily, as individuals or as a church, get caught up in what's the world pursuing, you know? And, and I mean, that's... That is power, but it's like a different kind of power. Mm-hmm. Money, respect, love, meaning. Um, 
And so, so sometimes it's a wrong pursuit and not the ideal, like is love a wrong pursuit? No, but the way that the world is pursuing yeah. it, uh, you know, the, that can, that's where it kind of gets sketchy. And I think that through the years, I've seen that happen a lot with church leadership. Like what's the goal? The goal is not, we just, we want to be a church that honors God and glorifies God. And it's like, we want to be a, a church that's growing. You know, and so, yeah. and so then, well, how do we grow? And instead of trying to be faithful and biblical and led by the Spirit, it's how do we grow? Well, let's look at these business growth books and these business management books, or here's how these people... Yeah. Now, so not to put that down 100%, because we, we should learn from the wisdom. All, all truth is God's truth. Like, yeah. if it's really true, mm -hmm. uh, then it's really true. You know, so if there's a principle that is at work someplace and it's effective, then we would be remiss to not think about it and how it yeah. might affect the church in a positive way. But I think where we get off is where we move away from Scripture. Two things. Either we move away from Scripture as a church leadership mm -hmm. and just say, like, well, here's all these worldly bits of wisdom that we need to apply because that's what's really going to get us ahead. Mm -hmm. Well, that then makes you not have to rely on God because you've got all the worldly right. wisdom and you're just going to follow that plan. Other things like that. Yeah. So you're asking God, well, we're going to do this. Will you bless it? Yeah. Uh, uh, the other way that we can do it is we still, we kind of have all of those ideals, but then we wrap them up in a biblical facade, you know? And so mm -hmm. then we start to take scriptures that are not meant to be prescriptive necessarily. And we say, oh, oh yeah, yeah, like, look, yeah. Um, you know, so like here, and I, we could do that. You want more power in your life? Pray this prayer. You know, like pray this prayer 10 times or whatever. And it's like, but that's that's not really what that is. Or do you want the church to grow? Ephesians talks about a church growing, you know. So then it's like, all right. we. And then you kind of apply that thing, that worldly wisdom, and just like, oh, look, this fits. This yeah. fits with this biblical language. Mm -hmm. So, but, and, and, and we do that a lot. And sometimes it works out. Um, and some, like if it is true, then it, sometimes that's really, like I've done that and, and maybe you've, you guys, you know, in, oh, yeah. in the counseling classes, you learn something and it's like, and it's kind of laughable because it's like it took our psychologists thousands of years to figure out this thing and we're like, yeah, that's in the Bible, you know? Yeah. So, like, so then you can use, it doesn't really matter if I use the language from the psychology book or the Bible, I'm talking about the same thing. So there's yeah. there's different cases like that, but uh, mm -hmm. getting yeah, I think I think that piece is a, is particularly interesting. I, you know, talk, talking with a friend even the last couple of weeks who um, they were they were looking at making some changes in the way they were doing church. You know, mm -hmm. uh, kind of a novel idea. I know no, everybody's <laughs> wrestling with that, right? But um, <clears throat> there was a lot of pushback to some things without getting into too many specific details, you know, what they did at the leadership level and then with kind of a second circle of influential people within the churches sit down and just ask some basic questions. Okay, so what is what is church? What should be the purpose of the church? And the interesting thing is they started to engage this conversation. They framed a pretty biblically robust picture of what church is and why church is. I mean, they, they came down to the things that I think would be very scriptural, scriptural mm -hmm. things like, you know, we, we're here to, to make a difference in this world, maybe even make this world different. You know, church is the bought and redeemed body of Christ, uh, empowered by His Spirit. I mean, all of these things. And the point he made to those leaders, those two different levels of leaders, is 
the things we're arguing about have nothing to do with these things whatsoever, but these are the things that we're trying to elevate. We're very clearly saying we believe this is the purpose of church. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it be in their case, maybe maintaining some traditions that they just can't get away from, but it's because people want this thing within this church environment. They want their church to continue to look like that because it feels good to them, for them, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and if things change, well, then that'll go away. You know, And so this idea of having the wrong focus or wrong pursuit, well, sometimes we might in our minds have the right idea of what the church is called to be and called to be about. Mm-hmm. But then through our actions, because either we haven't really processed the way we ought to process, um, or because we're, we're in some sense maybe even lying to ourselves and saying, no, I believe church is about this, but my actions show that church is actually about yeah. this for me. You know, and so I think Paul's words would, would challenge us to think much bigger mm-hmm. about church in that sense as leaders and others as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that, you know, that to me strikes as, you know, and, and uh, you know, of course, it's a lot easier to look at somebody else's situation to make application there than to even <laughs> look at our own. But, you know, certainly we have things here that I'm certain Paul would challenge with his words. Our thinking is just not big enough, not mm-hmm. robust enough as it relates to leadership within the church at the external level. Um, yeah. So so touch a little bit. So that's maybe the external stuff. Yeah. Talk, talk, go ahead. And again, there's, there's, no, there's no indication in Ephesians itself that this church had a wrong focus. Yeah. You know, it's just when, when we read through these prayers and then there's this, the, like we talk about the, the, the prayer itself, the fact that it's just like, this is what I'm doing for you uh, is a good focus. Yeah. And, then, and then the things that he, like, just the, I, I want you to understand this and grasp yes. this and know this. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it, it felt a lot like uh, so that you don't go, yeah. so you don't, you don't go off track. You know, um, this so is fair th- maybe to say that he was concerned that their focus was limited. Sure, sure, um, and in that, and it lacked power. You know, yeah. you know like um, so. These are these were there were some things that they were lacking. Hey, you're doing okay, but I'm, I. I'm praying these things for you because you. This is what you need. Yeah. You know, you need to grow in these things, and when we are when we are people who need, individually or corporately, mm. we tend to be people that reach out mm-hmm. and try to get. And when we reach out and get, like if we don't have the right focus, that can be very detrimental, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's where that comes from. Is like we really need to, and we'll talk about that on the individual level in a minute. Yeah. But so that that then moves into. You know, the second piece is the the teaching. You know, like what 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 are we teaching? And the teaching and believing, I think, go hand in hand. Is um, you know what are what are we? If you don't grasp these things, then how can you share them with somebody else? You know, like if if I don't really truly understand Mm -hmm. the depth of the riches that I have in Christ, how can I convey that to somebody else? I don't really understand the power that the power that is at work in me in my life and in my church is the same power that raised jesus from the dead if i don't get that that's a limiting factor and so then how can i teach everything i teach will be limited because i will be teaching about a power in the church that is less than what we really exist i'll be teaching about a hope that we have that is less than what we really have 
Uh, and so that's the second limiting factor that we have is either that our church leaders are pursuing the wrong things or they're teaching things that now, if I'm just sitting here and I, you know, I've got my, my minister or my Bible class teachers or other, you know, mentors that are in my life and if they don't have, they don't grasp these things, if they don't get how deep yeah. and wide and immense God's love is, how can they share that with me? Yes. Like how they how can they teach me? So that becomes then a limiting factor for the student in the student's life, if if we're being taught things that are uh, not fully no, what they are. I think that's a really good point. Um, I've shared before on the podcast a number of years ago when I was doing some leadership training through uh, a Christian group that was doing leadership training. Um, one of the things that was actually taught, which you know, several of us pushed back on, and, and I was shocked by this being taught openly, um, and it connects right with what you're saying. It, this idea, basically, you know, this one particular leadership guy who was um, on staff at a church, pretty high-ranking staff member in a sense in that organization, would make sure one of his tasks on Sunday morning was that if if somebody that was well known in the community or potentially even wealthy within that community, his task was to make sure that that person, who's a very large church, got to meet the, the lead minister, the mm -hmm. preacher there. Um, and that was, that was his task. You know, that felt very uncomfortable to me, but what it, I understand more the discomfort even in light of this conversation because there was a, a wrong, fo wrong focus, wrong pursuit a very self-focused thinking in that too mm -hmm. and teaching of the wrong thing that was then being passed on down that you you ought to go find these wealthy people because they matter potentially even more in the church especially make sure they get to meet you know those who you think are the important people in the church mm -hmm. this you know meet this preacher who's mm -hmm. well known and then we're actually we're relying on these people to continue to support the church now you may just say well there's a very practical level of thinking there mm -hmm. but when it when a potentially practical level of thinking moves you to that level of practice, you've actually now got to the place where you're very clear, clearly saying what you trust. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we trust in people with lots of money to keep yeah. this going. Influence. Influence mm -hmm. and, and other things like that instead of the power of God at work among us. Yeah, that's good. And at some point in time, even if initially, maybe at the top end of the funnel, that doesn't lead to all sorts of chaos and maybe problems. You imagine that trickling down eventually something comes out of that that is not a good mm -hmm. thing. That is certainly not a good thing. Um, so yeah, I think, I think there's lots of application there and, and probably good words for all of us uh, to be thinking about, especially mm -hmm. in church leadership. Yeah. So what about, uh, what about the internal level? Yeah, so the, if you just kind of like flip that over, like the, if, we're, if it's one side, if externally it's maybe teaching, then internally it's what do we believe? You know, mm -hmm. and, that, and that sometimes is, hey, I'm just believing what they're teaching me. You know, and if yes. the teaching is yeah. limited, then the believing will be limited. But then other times it is, it is just, you know, there's so many amazing things that God has done. I mean, from creation to Christ and the church. Like, and now, and, and it's amazing. I, and I've, I've got some friends and they were talking, we were talking about miracles and stuff like mm. that. And they were, they, they were getting more into just like exploring 
the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. uh, more more in a supernatural way. Mm-hmm. And and they were just they were like, Rob, it's crazy. There's so many people that you can talk to, and they will say that they don't believe that God works in a certain way today, and yet we can say, do you have any stories of like any miracle in your life or that you've witnessed or that somebody close to you? And everybody does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, and even like since I've been here, I've, I've had multiple conversations with people that talk about, you know, like, yeah, I mean, seeing angels, uh, ha- like hearing a message from God, like believing like yet God told me to do this specific thing, like, or just, you know, having a situation where they were in peril and mm. uh, there was like a nudge from the Holy Spirit that saved their lives. Like, and it's just like, they're there. And we, so it's crazy that we read all the things in the Bible and we say, yeah, I believe that. And then we have these personal experiences. Yeah. <laughs> and yet there's yeah. still things that come up. And, and it's maybe it's like the, just the negative self talk or whatever, but we discount it. Yeah. And so there's a yeah. variety of ways that we, some, for some people, it is that they don't really believe. I've talked to people that are Christians, they believe that the ways of Jesus are important. But they don't believe that Noah was a real person or that Job right. lived. You know, like they think that's all allegory. It's all just, you know, parables and you know fables mm-hmm. to give us you know moral direction. You know, right. and that, um, I don't. I believe those things all really happened. You know, yeah. so if if I re- if I really believe that, then what do I believe now? Yeah. Like. Yeah. And, and so I get it. I yep. get there. I get. I yep. get when people can look at God working different ways in different eras or epics, you know, and and, and maybe coming to a conclusion. Well, okay, in the church today, we've we have a compilation of scripture that no other people had before, you know, and uh, and so maybe we don't need the Holy Spirit right, to work in miraculous right. ways. Maybe we don't mm-hmm. need, you know, these different things to happen. But that's a different. That's a different conclusion. Um, I guess I'm okay if you come to that conclusion as long as it doesn't limit God's power in your in your mind, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. Um, but that's what often happens. Yeah. And yeah. then you get that that <clears throat> reply of like, well, but God doesn't do that anymore. God doesn't work that way anymore. Well, if God doesn't work that way anymore, why are we praying? For this person's cancer to be healed, like why? Like what is the point? Right. Why are mm-hmm. we're wasting our time? We're wasting God's time. We're giving false hope to that poor the the family, yeah. you know. Like, yeah. um, and so and, and it's James that says not to be double minded, right? So like, if we're gonna ask, you better believe. You right. better believe that God can come through on this, yes. or shut your mouth. And you if know? he doesn't, then he then he chose not to, and 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 be at peace with what happens but not move to that place where immediately we doubt whether God can. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think that's, I wonder, Rob, if, if some of the reason we have attention surrounding those things is, you know, do we believe God can? I think a lot of people would say yes to that. Do we believe that God does those things through individuals? I wonder if that's where, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the Apostle Paul or for Peter and John to go to the temple and, you know, they, they heal or for Jesus to heal the way he did or for healing to happen through the laying on of hands or whatever mm-hmm. else is there. I wonder if that's the tension that we wrestle with. And is there a difference 
in those things to some degree and you know maybe there is to some degree a difference in those things but certainly to believe that God has the power that God still mm -hmm. uses the power uh, today to heal or I think you're right or else why why do we do what we do you know why yeah. why are we giving our lives to a God that we sometimes by the way we act and even the way we mm -hmm. talk mm -hmm. we're painting the picture of not his omnipotence but mm -hmm. you know his <clears throat> that we believe he's limited yeah you know yeah. Um, Even Jesus, when he healed people, often said, your faith has made you well. Yeah. Right? And so it's just like, it's that they looked at him and they really believed he had the power to heal them. And in some cases, you know, like some cases, you know, like the centurion, like, look, I, I believe that you have this power so much. And if it's like the power I have, you don't even need to go there and touch that guy. Just say the word mm -hmm. and it'll be done. Mm -hmm. Or as Jairus and mm -hmm. his daughter, you know. But that's you know that sentiment of, all right, um, maybe that is maybe maybe the laying hands on somebody maybe that is was needed because people had limited faith. Mm. And they're like, oh yeah, if you touch me, I can be healed. Maybe it's greater faith to be like, I can be healed without anybody touching me. <laughs> maybe yeah. today it takes greater faith to believe you can heal if somebody touches you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> But the, and that's so. That's the other part then about the the believing is uh, how much do we limit God's ability, and then how much do we do that because of ourselves? You yeah. Know, like, and, and people, it's it's our day and age. I mean, we there's so much insecurity, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, you know, oh, the, people don't like me. People don't want to be around me. People, you know, and if people don't, why would God? You know, why would God listen to my prayer? Why would God? you know, help me out. And and so then we can get down on ourselves um, even for that. And and in the I think it's in the chapter one thing, he says the power for all of us who yeah, believe. For all of us who believe. Yeah. So it's not yes. uh, this is just for the you know you know, James says the power of a, a righteous man is powerful the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective, right? Um, so should we strive to be righteous? Absolutely. And and maybe those things go hand in hand. But uh, in this prayer, uh, for mm -hmm. all who believe, you know, so like if you're a believer, the yeah. same power yeah. that yeah. raised Jesus from the dead is that is that working you? Yeah, that's good. That, that he says it in this way to say his incomparably great power and then goes on to talk about it being the power that raised Jesus from the dead. And from there talks about who Jesus is and then says, oh, and by the way, the church is his body. In full measure, in a sense, mm -hmm. you know, and that, and then the last piece of the, the Ephesians three prayer, you know, that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to His power that is work within us. Mm -hmm. I mean that. Those are those are heavy statements, that I'm, I'm just going to say again. By the way, I've lived. I'm obviously not giving full credence to. I mean, I'm I'm a long shot mm -hmm. from that. You know, mm -hmm. as you challenged us on Sunday to think about a prayer that we would pray for the sake of the church and then make it bigger based upon what we just read. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then here's this next snapshot. How would you make it bigger in accordance with that? And then, you know, for me to look at my original prayer for the church, which I thought was a pretty good prayer, mm -hmm. you know, um, 
you know, that we, we would all be faithful to the things of God. God, make us more faithful. Maybe we'll really be a community of faithful, called out people. Well, that's, that's a pretty good prayer. But then to start adding in, and that God, your power would visibly be at work among us. Then God, you know, that we would really be the fulfillment of all the things that, that you want for us to be. I mean, just building on that from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was a prayer that grew and showed me mm-hmm. how even what I thought was my pretty good prayer for the church was well short of what mm-hmm. Paul was praying for the church. Yeah, we tend to do the opposite, right? Like uh, Ben, you mentioned maybe somebody praying for the lost. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we all have somebody. We all have a sibling mm-hmm. or you know, relative or a good friend that is just not, they don't believe in God, they, they're not faithful. And so we, you have times that you pray and you pray earnestly for them and things don't happen. And, and maybe your conversation that you have with them doesn't go that well. And, mm. and then what do we, we give up hope. And, and so, or maybe the, uh, maybe that's not a good example. Maybe it's a big prayer. And then you're like, well, maybe I'm asking too much. So you pull back mm. a little bit. Maybe God, can you just do this? Can you just send somebody in their life today that can just be a good influence on them? You know, like, yeah. and then you yeah. pull back a little bit more. And then, and then you get to the point where you just, you just don't even pray for that person anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, I, I think we've, we've probably started to touch on some of this, but let's let's drill this down and let's get practical with this. Okay. So what what would practicing, kind of what we've talked about, look like? What could that look like in our week? And I hope this has been challenging for everyone, sincerely, that mm-hmm. to think about, like, are we really relying on the Spirit's power? Are we really believing that? I mean, Paul, like, well, like what you were saying, I would say the same thing. When I look at my life, my actions. Am I always showing that level of reliance on his power? No. No, my prayers aren't always showing that. So what mm-hmm. what might that look like this week if we were to say, like, I want to practice this. I want to be more faithful. I want to live more faithfully. What yeah. might someone practice this week? Um, <clears throat> I will say this. That well, and, and we didn't really hit on that fourth thing, which is like the individual focus and pursuit. But that's what this. Right. That's yeah. what this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we, when we, make it practical, that's what that addresses, mm-hmm. right? It's because that's what happens is when we are lacking any kind of power in our lives, then we we start to, how can we get that, you know? And and we start to and and have you guys seen that cartoon where it's like uh, the kid is there and they like like get yelled at by their dad or something like that and then they turn around and the next thing it's them yelling at right. their little sister yes. oh, yeah, yeah. and then yep. the little yep. sister yep. turns around and she's yelling at the dog yep. you know is because you know it's not just like hurt people hurt people but like when when we're all looking for that power someplace mm-hmm. right and so it's going to come sometimes it comes out in ugly ways sometimes it comes out in bad ways sometimes it comes out in misdirected pursuits mm-hmm. and so that's the thing is like it's it's hard to catch ourselves in the moment, uh, like when you're like fired up and ready to like let somebody have it, to for your brain to be like, wait a minute, Rob, this is just a bad way that you're trying to get power over this person. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. instead stop and pray for them, and you know, like mm-hmm. that. Hey, that'd be great if you do that. That's more difficult. I would say this when we did the 21 days of prayer and fasting this year. One of the things that I benefited the, benefited the most from um, was meditation, and mm. uh, not like sitting quietly for sixty seconds and oming. Like, <laughs> it's, I, I I latched onto a couple of scriptures. 
and I let those be ones that I let them dwell in me mm-hmm. and really yeah. just like because I, f- I felt like if I, if I really want God to change me I, I can be like a little ADD when it comes to reading and learning like I want to learn new things I'm on my phone like let me read this article let me read that article let me listen to this book let me read this and so I could do that with reading scripture so I just was like I need to slow down and it was just like a couple of verses that I just kind of repeated mm. so I'd encourage that you know like go pick just one of those prayers Ephesians 1 and just make it practical in your world by ingesting it like make that a part of you like yeah. i, I kind of uh, threw shade at like the instruction of like pray this prayer 10 times a day but maybe that's what i actually you know not as a formulaic thing yeah. but as yeah. a as a way it's a to very just, different heart in that shaping right. of a desire. trying to use this as like a like in one mindset you might try to say this 10 times a day use it as like a cheat code of like hey if <laughs> right. i do this god's gonna do right. this for me but the other way it's you're letting that shape you yeah to know that's that right. there's there's no Bible study that's going to like really, really let you fully absorb and know yeah. the riches that you have in yeah. Christ, yeah. the hope that we have in Christ. Yeah. That, that you're really going to, I mean, it, it says the love that is not understandable, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like uh, elsewhere it talks about the, a peace that passes understanding. That surpass, you know? So it's like there's mm-hmm. these gifts that God can give us that they they go beyond human logic they go beyond human reasoning and human understanding the only way we can get those things is is asking god for them and 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 so um now in in the biblical case it's paul is praying this for other people so i'd say that would be step two so step one is make this a prayer for yourself and so these very words ask that god would grow you that he would supernaturally give you a deeper sense of being able to grasp truly who he is and his power and his love and and the hope that he gives us and the riches that he wants to share with us mm. and then and then move beyond and as you go through that move beyond that and pray that for somebody else you know yeah that's good that's excellent that's a great spot to land it for this week. Unless either of y'all had any other closing comments? I'm good. Fantastic. Yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. I think I think that's spot on. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. Look forward to diving into part two of this mm-hmm. next week. And we welcome y'all to be reading along Ephesians. Like, read this in your own time. Meditate on this. And um, I think that will just even more, like, further this experience as we're discussing it together if you're reading this in your own time as well so we'd invite you to be reading along with that as well and otherwise we look forward to having y'all join us again next week and continuing this conversation until then uh, god bless you